Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hi there, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Father Keith, the Buy Guy, and one of my major missions in life is to help my LGBTQIA Christian family heal their church trauma and construct authentic, affirming faith if they desire. So if that's you, guess what? You're in the right place. Now, grab that cup of coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend. Welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown. So glad that you could join me this week for this Bible Talks episode. And uh, before we get to that, let me just remind you that if you're part of the LGBT plus community and you are dealing with church trauma of any kind, one of the things that we tend to do is keep telling ourselves these stories over and over again that aren't really true. And even though there are some things that we need to do to lay the foundation and there's part of healing process and you know it's 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 an all involved thing i do know that one of the tools that we can utilize in our healing is what some people have coined affirmations and i have what i call tordations and these are meant to really help you and formulate some positive um subconscious thoughts about yourself as you are healing in your trauma so please go get those for free you can see the link in the in the show notes and those are available to you just go get those today and then start using one maybe one a week and just put it on the mirror on an index card hang it on the mirror and begin to say that to yourself every morning and every night, you know, when it's time to brush your teeth, for instance. And what will happen is that will begin to resonate with you. So um, I really encourage you to do that. They're absolutely free and they are available in the show notes. All right, so let's get our attention back to the Bible today and let's set it up contextually. I'm going back to the book of Acts where we've been studying for several weeks. I took a little um, time off during Christmas to, you know, Talk about things more related to Advent, etc. And then I spent last week in the Gospel of Matthew because I, I really wanted to touch on um, the lectionary reading for that Sunday um, when it came to the baptism of Jesus. So today I'm moving back into the book of Acts. So let me remind you where we are contextually. We've talked about Saul coming to know God on the road to Damascus, and this one who persecuted the church and was on his way to do more persecution came to this revelation of who Jesus was, and it completely changed his thinking and his mindset and his purpose. And then he um, 
you know, was healed of his temporary blindness by Ananias, and he went on to spread the the gospel, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, and people, you know, became uh, followers, et cetera, et cetera. And it is on the context of that that we next pick up immediately in the book of Acts with Peter's ministry. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think that's important because one of the things that we know is because of the persecution and the rampant persecution that the Sanhedrin had put in place for the followers of Jesus, including Saul himself, people like Peter wanted to kind of stay low. They were they were afraid somewhat to go out and, and talk about Jesus and spread because of the persecution that they were experiencing. So once that Saul had been converted and that major threat that he was had been subsided, then there was a freedom, I think, that Peter and some of the others had to minister in the name of Christ more openly. And this Acts, uh, Acts chapter 9, it opens up Peter's ministry with him going, and he he goes down to different regions, and he's in uh, Lydda. Um, he's in uh, about 23 miles or so northwest, I think it's northwest, of Jerusalem. And um, he's there, and he's ministering, and he the first indication is he comes to a lame man, and he heals him in the name of Jesus. He says, in the name of Jesus, stand up, be well, and the man was cured. And there was a great response. Obviously, when the people saw that this man was no longer lame and he was walking, then people began to say, well, you know, this is pretty amazing. And they started following the teaching. Um, I think it's important as, and but I really want to spend my time in this Bible talks in the next section, which talks about Tabitha. But before I get there, I just want to make mention of a Greek word in that beginning section of Peter's ministry that's important, because the word that is used in the English most often translated is saints. And that word saints is a translation of a Greek word that sort of means holy or set apart. So it just goes to show that, you know, even in the Catholic Church, they hold, you know, hold Peter as the first bishop. And therefore, you know, he he was saints. And then the, the church historically has had Saint, you know, Saint Bartholomew, Saint Matthew, Saint this, Saint that. You know what I mean? And so there's always this sense of positioning of these saints within the history of the church. But here we see that even when we are talking about contextually Peter himself and the ministry of Peter, we're we're uh, faced with the description of the believers in these regions referred to as saints. So it sort of reminds us that we, my dear friend, who are followers of Jesus, who love God with our hearts, are also saints set apart for to follow and serve Jesus. And to me, that's a beautiful indication that even in our imperfect, you know, our imperfection, our misfitness, if you will, that we're still saints in the family of God. So it's on the heels of that healing that this picks up in verse um, 36. Let's read this together. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. And it happened at that time that she fell sick and died. And when they had washed her body, 
they laid it in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, having heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him, imploring him, Do not delay in coming to us. So Peter arose and went with them. When he arrived, they brought him into the upper room, and all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. But she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand and raised her up. And calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. It became known all over Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed many days in Joppa with a, tan, a tanner named Simon. All right, so a cool story, right? Um, this always this story always means something to me because Tabitha was the name that um, my great great grandmother had, and I, and I always remember stories about her. So it it, it kind of connects with me on a personal level. But it's kind of interesting to me that we have this lady. Tabitha, a female in the church. I know, crazy, right? In the scriptures, it's all about a woman. And this woman was a wonderful servant of the people. He gave to them. She made for them. She took care of them. Her reputation was magnificent. She had impacted so many lives that we can get from the text how she was loved. And then she fell sick, and the people were mourning. They were devastated. It's interesting to me, though, that they sent these disciples to Peter. Now, there's some things that we can think about here. First of all, what great faith that they had in what they had obviously heard about Peter. They had, they had to have heard that Peter had been do, doing miraculous things where he was in the name of Christ. Because why else would they send for him? I think that they did it out of hope. I think they did it out of belief. That shows you the, the true magnitude of the faith of these. And it's interesting here in this text as well that the word saints is used again. These people who were set apart, these people who were considered holy in the sight of God, grammatically speaking, had enough faith to sin for Peter. But then we go, oh, wait a minute. Okay, so this is Peter. He's up here doing all this work, and he's busy, right? He's preaching. He's teaching. He's healing. He's doing all these things, and, and he's in this city, and he's, he's, he's producing great you know, results for all these people who had uh, probably um, vanished from Jerusalem in panic and fear, and he was there ministering to them and, and caring for them and validating them. And the historic church would say that he was probably in his bishop role, you know, confirming them as Christians and followers of Jesus. And then he hears from these two guys, Peter, there's this lady named Tabitha. She got sick and died. Will you come? And it's interesting to me that in this text, Peter went. Wow. Peter went. Now, we know the rest of the story. Peter shows up. He removes them from the, the upper room where Tabitha was in waiting, and he nails, kneels down, and he prays to God, and he says, Tabitha, arise, and she wakes up. And the rest is history, so to speak. But I really get 
really inspired when I think about these guys coming to Peter and saying, Peter, this lady, this, this one that means so much to us, this one that's done such great work, which is even validated once Peter arrives as they show off all the things that she has done for them and talks about her and, you know, just toots her horn, so to speak. Peter had to have heard about Tabitha. I mean, there were people where he was that were in just as bad of need as Tabitha. There were people where he was that needed his help just as much as they did. And yet, Peter, it says, followed them. And he went to see Tabitha. And I have to have to really ask, why? Why, why did Peter do this? And I don't know, maybe there's many reasons. Maybe, maybe that he felt the divine calling of God and God spoke in his spirit and told him to go. I, I don't know. The text isn't clear there. It doesn't say that God spoke, you know, into him and, and told him to go or that he, an angel appeared and said, Peter, go. It doesn't say any of that. So I have to think about it and go, you know what? I truly believe in my spirit that it's because Peter had heard about the work of this one named Tabitha. And because of that, he was moved to go. Now think about this. Was it because Tabitha was some mighty teacher? It wasn't because Tabitha was a ruler of the community in the common, ordinary sense of the word. It wasn't because Tabitha was a great spiritual person of great magnitude, teaching and healing and doing all kinds of signs and wonders. No. The Bible tells us that Tabitha was caring for the people. She was ministering to the people in their need. She was loving on people. And that, I believe, is the powerful word that resonated with Peter. That is the example, that magnitude of love and compassion that was spread enough for Peter to have heard this one. And therefore, Peter was drawn to go. So when I think about that, and I think about its application in, in my life and your life, my dear friend, I have to think, you know what? Wouldn't it be amazing when people heard our name that the first thought that came to mind was how truly loving and kind this person truly was? Not how great, not how famous, not how, how many followers they have on TikTok, not how, you know, none of that stuff. A person hears your name, they immediately think how loving and kind they are in their representation of Jesus Christ. I believe that Tabitha 
working among the believers who were already there. That's who she was with, people who were already following Christ. So instead of shouting from the mountaintop and rebuking people in the name of Jesus, Sabbatha was loving on them. And that was what made the difference. These people responded to her, cared for her, loved for her, and even went to bat for her by going to get Peter. So as we end this Bible Talks today, my dear friend, let me ask you, when someone hears your name, what do they think? What comes to mind? And is it descriptions of your faith and your relationship with Jesus? Something to chew on this week. Until next time, heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God truly bless you. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, my friend. This episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.